For an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Yes, hello to you all. You are listening to the Monday Waffle, the round four edition. And what a round of football it was. Four games decided by a total of 19 points. So an absolute ripping round over the weekend. And joining me as usual, Connor Malice. Welcome, mate. Hey, Jesse. How are we doing? Yeah, going very well, mate. And uh, we have another co-host of ours, Isabel Cooperus, joining us today. G'day, Isabel. Hey, Jesse. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, great round that you've picked to come on to the the podcast here, four games decided by single digits and uh, two one-point games in there as well. But we'll start off with the game in Bassendine on the Saturday, the Swan District's taking on Claremont. And uh, Isabel, the uh, the Swans sort of held on in this one, didn't they? Yeah, it was a real nail-biter, Jesse. So the Swans came out super strong in the first quarter, but really struggled in the second quarter, only scored four points the entire time, allowed Claremont to catch up a lot and then... Swans came back a lot stronger in the second half and won by only nine points in the end. Yeah, and I mean, looking at that, well, the halftime score, as you mentioned, four behinds from the Swans in that second term allowed Claremont to take the lead at halftime. I was thinking, okay, Claremont are going to put the foot down, pedal to the medal, win by five to six goals. But uh, Connor, the Swans, they just uh, they showed that resilience, didn't they? Yeah, sure did. I mean, going into that third quarter, only up by, you know, two points and then... You know, it takes a lot to hold on when you've been beaten in that second quarter and then held strong through that premiership quarter, as we all know the third quarter is. But, yeah, finishing strong, the Swans. But it's very... We were looking at the stats as well. Jesse sure. Turner had 35 sure disposals, were. and that in of itself going, wow, that's fantastic. You'd almost think he's the main disposal winner of the game. <laughs> You'd think and then, he's man of the match, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, then you got Jai Bolton <laughs> for Claremont <laughs> grabbing it 51 times, and uh, Ben Edwards having 44 touches and snagging a goal. Uh, but, I mean, although it was Jai Bolton that really stole the show with 51 touches, kicked three behinds, and you can only think that, you know, a couple of those could have been a goal. And Yeah, I mean, look, Jai, the the sort of uh, player that he is, he'd, he'd be kicking himself on those three behinds, even though he got 51 for the game. But 51 disposals, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And to think that Ben Edwards, 44 disposals, and uh, he, he spent much of the game in the middle there, normally plays out on the wing, but had the on-ball role over the weekend, and Ryan Lim, 38 disposals. So they had the three major ball winners in that uh, engine room there in the midfield, but the Swans just, I mean, just across the board, in the back line, the forward line, uh, the mid, the midfield held up to a point, even though Jai Bolton was uh, was dominating there in the middle. But God, lovers, just can't get over that. 51 disposals, just absolutely incredible, and uh, can't wait to see him out there donning the... Uh, the yellow and black as we take on South Australia over the weekend, but we'll get to that later on in the podcast. And, well, look, I uh, wasn't too keen on mentioning this game, Connor, but for you I will, mate. So West Perth South was... uh, Look, it was close, wasn't it? It Yeah, it's a real shame, Jesse, that you say this because, I mean, as much as South Fremantle fumbled the bag this week, you kind of did the same last week, didn't you? You misplaced the round three file of the Monday Waffle, but we I guess did, that... Yes, we that, did, and uh, apologies to our listeners for that uh, blue there, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we uh, rectify it this week and for the season onwards. Yes, that fumble really looked like it was contagious because South Fremantle fell to the mighty Falcons this week, and Isabel, aren't we so happy that the Falcons won this week? I couldn't be happier, Connor. I think well, I'll slip you a 20 well, on the look, escalator. I mean, look, okay... 
So three and one to start the year. They're flying top of the ladder. But you know what? At the end of the day, South are right on their tail, second on the ladder, eight points the difference. Look, I mean, West Perth, when, when you actually look back at that game and you sort of see the dominance that West Perth had in the early stages of that contest, I mean, they were up by 25 quarter time on their home deck, mind you, in Joondalup, up by 22 points at halftime, held scoreless in the third quarter. So look, anytime you hold a team scoreless, albeit in a loss, look, there's, there's, uh, there's something to take away from that. Yeah, I mean, only being seven points up, Heading into that third quarter, uh, fourth quarter, sorry. It was a bit nerve-wracking, but the boys held strong and, you know, much the same as what we spoke about with the Swans and Claremont game. Um, it's all about your resilience in the last quarter and how you persevere through those tough times. But, yeah, look, boys made it through. Yeah, Luke Meadows and uh, Shane Nelson there leading the way for West Perth with 27 disposals apiece. Brendan Archie was South's best with 28 disposals and two goals for the contest. Moving on now to the third game that took place at uh, Leaderville Oval, East Perth v Subiaco. And uh, Isabel, this was an incredible finish, wasn't it? I was pretty excited coming into this one. Subi's had a pretty slow start after winning the premiership last year. What can be said about this game well, that look, hasn't I mean, already was, been said, Jesse? Oh, it was a sensational game, wasn't it? And I mean, looking at East Perth, I was one of these people out there who thought, you know, Subiaco, they got a put their foot down eventually. They'll probably win this game by about four or five goals. And as we know, East Perth, they've had a solid start to the year, but you just thought Subi were really going to uh, put the foot down in this one. But, you know, one point, the difference, and we saw that finish there, Connor. I mean, God lovers, you want to talk about leaving it to the last second. That's <laughs> soccer off the ground. And I tell you what, probably one of the better soccers we've seen. Yeah, Max Walters just getting it. I mean, Borchette went up with a flying salad that we did. or You know, tossing the salad <laughs> up man. in the air there, yeah. missing it. And Max Walters come through with a pretty high extension of that right boot and snapping and hitting the post. And that was probably the best kind of time you'd want to ever hit the post or celebrate hitting the post because the siren went shortly after. It had a lot of Matthew Pavlich in uh, 2012 against the Cats about it, didn't yeah. it? Even though, <laughs> even though Matthew Pavlich put that one straight through the middle. But look, got the job done there for Subiaco. So the uh, reigning premiers there off the mark and uh, got their first win on the board. So now sitting one win, three losses for the season. Who would have thought we'd be saying that? But nonetheless, off the mark, Stefan Giro, 32 touches for Subiaco in the win there. Ben Sokol leading the way up forward with five goals for the game. And Hamish Brayshaw, the Royals captain, 31 touches for the contest. And Sebit Kuek, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, so four goals for the contest there. A young forward there for the Royals. And he did kick one pretty late to bring it he up. Did. He did kick the goal to bring within one and then yes. a point was scored. And Sokol did kick the one before Kuek, so... I mean, props to those boys for, like, holding their nerves. I mean, as much as Quek's goal was an absolute flower bag <laughs> from 45, but it, you know what? doesn't matter how it goes through the big sticks. It's still six points. Fortunate for East Perth there, and Subiaco getting it done right at the final second. The other one-point game, Isabel, Perth getting it done against Peel. A bit of a surprise there, wasn't it? Definitely a surprise. What a nail-biter. Perth came out really strong, um, just carried it through to the rest of the game, absolutely crushing them by a massive one point in the final <laughs> quarter. Yeah, I, I tell you what, these games have just been... I know we've, we're beating it to death at the moment, but just incredible just the, the margins that these games have been. So, Connor, Perth, they're now sitting 2-2. Two and two. They've got a percentage of 76, which is not great and sort of indicates the, the big losses that they've had. 
They had a win over West Coast in round one by less than a kick. Now a one-point win over Peel. Again, a win's a win, but do you feel like they're a team that are, you know, two and two at the moment? Yeah, look, we were talking about Peel Thunder, I mean, last week. Unfortunately, you guys didn't get to hear that. But we were talking about how there's still a bit of depth, and the only thing that would really interrupt them would be if Fremantle got COVID and a few of those boys had to go up on that contingency list. So, and that's what we did see. A few of those Peel boys had to go up, six out for Frio, and they got brought up. But, I mean, Connor Blakely, if he doesn't get drafted or sent back to another AFL team shortly, I'm going to be... Throwing rocks at someone's door, that's for sure. Well, look, I think uh, most Dockers fans would be in his corner, eh? I mean, he was, he's a very popular player with the Dockers, and you see a bloke like that dominating at the waffle level, you sort of think a bit stiff not to be getting a call-up, 23 disposals for the Docker there. Mitch Crowden, 27 touches, but gee whiz, they missed Jai Miss up forward, didn't they? Oh, but didn't he play a great game for Fremantle? Oh, sensational, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you catch that one, Isabel? Being I the Dockers girl that you are? I you're was there. The of yeah. course I was, Jesse. God, how was, that, how was the atmosphere when uh, Amiss kicked his first goal? So good. I was so impressed. He was playing really well. Yeah, no, he's, he's incredible. And uh, yeah, you could see the, the impact that he had on the Dockers and also how much the Thunder missed him on the Saturday against Perth. But uh, one bloke who did play in both of those games was Neil Erasmus. Played around 15 minutes for the Dockers at the end of that fourth term there against the Kangas, uh, replacing Sam Swickowski. But uh, turned around and uh, put in a, a decent showing for Peel Thunder there on the Saturday with 18 disposals and a goal. Just uh, missed that, that final shot at the end there, Connor. Yeah, look, I mean, he'd be pretty upset at himself, but whether you think, you know, you've come off a Friday night game from Fremantle and regardless of how many minutes you play, if you're, you're out there, the pressure's on, you're mentally taking a toll because you're playing at the highest level possible and then to come out the next day and try and do it all again is pretty tough. And, I mean, I hope he doesn't take it to heart because, I mean, at the end of the day, someone's got to win and someone's got to lose. It doesn't yeah. matter how you kick that footy because someone will tell you during the first quarter they should have kicked that goal or kicked it somewhere else, you know what I mean, and change the outcome that way. Exactly right. And look, I mean, it's a good effort to turn around, albeit 15 minutes on the Friday night, but nonetheless, to be playing an AFL game, turn around, play in the waffle on the Saturday, it's a pretty good effort. So Peel, unlucky there against the Demons. And uh, Austin Davis with 27 touches for Perth there, leading the way in the middle. And Samuel Stubbs with four goals. Sam Sturt kicking three majors for the Thunder. And uh, one game which has been set aside under the circumstances of the West Coast Eagles basically having to fly their whole reserves team over east for that Brisbane clash and having them on standby. So the uh, the Sharks-Eagles match looks like they're playing this week, Connor. Yeah, so they will be playing on Saturday the 14th. Um, as we said, it got postponed due to Eagles flying all the way over, but I did tip the Eagles last week. I thought yeah. they, they might have had a, been a bit of a a grey ghost or, or a black sheep coming through. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm still going to put my bet with Eagles. Hopefully uh, some of those boys had a bit more courage and a bit more confidence coming into this game. Some of them did go up and play for the Eagles. It wasn't as much as what I thought it would have been. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too to see... Um, you, you'd love to get East Fremantle's perspective on this too. Are they glad to have a week off to rest the body up or were they thinking, no, no, we want to play this game right now? But nonetheless, it'll be on... Saturday this weekend, May the 14th, Western Australia taking on South Australia in the state game. That will be at Optus on the following day on the Sunday. What I want to ask, looking at uh, West Coast, how they've had to take all their reserves over east, 
if this is the sort of thing that happens now it's it's a one-off at this point no harm done but if this does occur in the next month or two against other opposition does it start to get to the point where it's putting other teams off their rhythm and could potentially impact some results well speaking from experience when you go to play you know you play six seven or eight rounds like your body is pretty battered and bruised and a little bit tired but you have a week off and then you come back the next week and it, it sounds silly to say, but you don't have the same level of match fitness as what you did the week before, unless you go out and try and do the same intensity and keep that cardio up. It it really does throw you. So for West Coast, those boys that didn't play, you know, they've literally just lost some match fitness coming into this week. Yeah, exactly right there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how both those sides turn around on the Saturday and not the worst thing for the Waffle. Very lucky that they've got that state game there too. So every team's having a buy, so it's easy enough to slide that one in there so east Fremantle sitting seventh with two wins one loss and west coast on the bottom 0 for three but looking to get off the mark this upcoming weekend now wa taking on south australia the best of the waffle playing the best of the sandful south australia got the better of us last year quite significantly wasn't our best day there was a a multitude of reasons for that lack of preparation shorter training camp how do you reckon the boys will go on sunday connor yeah, well, judging by some of the talent that we've seen come through this year, I reckon we might have a red-hot crack with them. COVID hasn't really impacted too many of the Waffle teams as of late. All those boys have still been prepared, and being at home, you know, there's no real excuse this year. Yeah, exactly right. On our home deck, Optus Stadium at 12 o'clock on Sunday, May the 15th, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the boys go there. Hopefully it uh, goes a bit better than it did last year. But we'll finish off with our uh, our tips for... Well, I suppose we've got one game one game to tip from on Saturday. Eagles and Sharks. Who wins that one, Connor? Uh, I'm going to go with my old bet. I'm going to say the Eagles. The Eagles sticking, sticking true to the Eagles. What about yourself, Isabel? I like disagreeing with Connor, so I'm going to go with the Sharks. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Isabel. The Sharks for mine, I think they'll be too strong. And uh, yeah, they'll definitely be pushing back up towards that top five after the weekend, provided they get the win. Yeah, so thank you for tuning in. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice and Isabel Cooperus. We've got a little bit of a break over this weekend. One waffle game, one state game, and we'll be straight back into it round five in a fortnight's time. But thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting. 